Good morning. Today is Thursday, July 7th, 2022. Without exaggeration, almost every month brings advances in medical science and technology for fertility treatments. What is possible today to enable women to be able to have a child was considered science fiction just a short while ago. And this is an incredible accomplishment of human effort guided by God's compassion and caring allowing many, many thousands of babies to be born, each one of them a blessing, which would not have otherwise been possible without this intervention. Anyone who has not personally gone through this, who has not personally experienced infertility directly, cannot possibly know the depth and the extent of the difficulties involved, physical difficulties, emotional, spiritual, financial, social. And that's true for me as well. I have a glimpse of this through the privilege I have of guiding many couples through the halachic and emotional issues that arise when they're undergoing fertility treatments. And I am grateful to these people for teaching me so much, so much that I never would have known on my own. I never would have imagined the extent of the issues involved without the generosity of these people teaching it to me. Also, there are now a number of Jewish organizations that assist with all kinds of resources and avenues of help, and they do spectacular work. Though by its very nature, much of their accomplishments is not seen by the wider community. It's private. Now, I've spoken about this in the past, addressing our wider community in how to be aware and sensitive and respectful to those who are or who may be going through infertility. What to say, what not to say. Today, I want to take a step back and I want to focus on the halachic and hashkafic issue of fertility. Halachic, the issues relating to Jewish law. Hashkafic, the issues relating to Jewish thought and values and philosophy. While recognizing that Jewish law can never be separated from the intense emotion that this topic elicits, it can never be separated from the humanity we must have in addressing these individuals. The first mitzvah that is listed in the Torah, the beginning of Genesis, Bereshis, 
the mitzvah pruravu, be fruitful and multiply. Now, in a technical, formal sense, this is a mitzvah that is addressed as a commandment to men, not to women. And I say in a technical, formal sense, because obviously having a baby requires a woman, and clearly a woman having a baby is not only performing a mitzvah of the highest priority and quality, but this woman is achieving our ultimate goal in life which is to imitate God as a creator in a way that no man will ever reach. But many authorities understand that this mitzvah is not formally addressed to a woman due to the risk and difficulty of conception and pregnancy and birth Though in some parts of the world, that risk has dramatically declined over history, but it is still present. Even for a man, the mitzvah of pru or avu is not to have children. The mitzvah is to try to have children. Because the reality is, some will not be able to accomplish this for reasons outside of their control. Some will not be able to find a suitable spouse. Some couples will not be able on their own through natural means to give birth for a variety of reasons. But the mitzvah requires trying. And if that is not successful, then from the view of formal Jewish law, we are advised to turn to other areas of significance, to adopt a child if that is possible, to teach or mentor someone else's child, to live a life that is not self-centered, but centered on helping others in various ways. Once natural ways to give birth have not succeeded, then the formal Jewish law and Jewish values instruct that our attitude should be to recognize that this is God's plan for us, even if it's not the way I want to serve God, even if it's not the way I saw my life unfolding, but I accept, I will follow the path to a meaningful life in the way God leads me. So there is no obligation in Jewish law to pursue medical intervention to have a child as precious as such a goal is. The question is, may I follow the path of infertility treatments? And the answer is a profound yes, but. Let me explain. Yes, 
the drive to have a child, even when there are obstacles, even when there are difficulties, is praiseworthy and valued. Going back to our great role models, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and even at a certain time in her life, Leah, each of whom experienced infertility. And those who choose this path today to take extraordinary measures to be able to have a child deserve our esteem and our support for embodying today the greatness and self-sacrifice of our imahos, our matriarchs. And many of these women today, through tearful prayer and God's compassion expressed through medical breakthroughs, will now succeed. Baruch Hashem, thank God. Sadly, though, some still will not achieve this. So, yes, we may, if we are so inclined, we should turn to medical treatment to overcome infertility. Yes, but. But for some smaller number of women, this path can eventually lead to a level of risk, physical or emotional, that is simply not tolerable in Jewish law. Risk to life, risk to marriage, risk to well-being. And in these extreme instances, this subject needs to be approached with the utmost expertise, both halachic expertise and medical expertise, and, of course, with the most utmost, with the utmost sensitivity. And each person is different. And each situation is different. But there is a passage in the Torah that expresses the complexity of this and the pathos of this situation. It is a short passage. It's very difficult. It's very ambiguous. The Torah tells us that Yaakov, our patriarch Jacob, was married to Rachel, Rachel. Vatera Rachel Kiloyoldaliakov. Rachel saw that she was not able to become pregnant and give birth to a child from her husband Yaakov. Vatkane Rachel Bachosa. Rachel was jealous of her sister Leah, who was already married to Yaakov and from whom she had already had children. Batomel Yaakov and Rachel says to her husband Yaakov, Havalivanim, give me children, im ayin, the im ayin, and if not, Mesa Anochi, I am dead. 
Vayichar af Yaakov barachel. Yaakov was angry at his wife Rachel. Vayomer, and he said to her, Hataches elakim anochi? Do you think that I am in the position of God? Asher pribeten, that I am withholding from you, becoming pregnant and having a child? I'm not the one standing in the way. How can you demand this of me? It's a very difficult passage of anger and guilt and recrimination and perhaps miscommunication. And our commentators are completely at odds in how to understand this passage. Who is right and who is wrong? Which statement is valid and which statement is invalid? We have no clarity about that. There's no consensus. There's no indication in the Torah text itself towards which conclusion does God mean to lead us. There's no indication of that in the text itself. And even looking at the commentators, there's complete um, differences of opinion with no consensus. What's the right attitude? What's the right approach? Who was right? Who was wrong? So, in other words, this short conversation encapsulates all of the complexity and the ambiguity and the pain and the shame and the challenges that infertility bring. Because the Torah is not at all clear on who was right and who spoke correctly, we don't know what is the proper path in this situation. All of that is unclear. And it remains unclear and ambiguous as we try to apply these values today. Now, as the narrative of Rachel and Leah continues, Rachel pursues a path that presumably caused her great emotional turmoil. Then she does give birth to a baby, Yosef, Joseph. Then she gives birth to a second baby, Binyamin, and she dies in childbirth. So what is the Torah trying to teach us? Which part of this are we to emulate and which part of this are we to reject? In this situation, it is never clear and it requires extraordinary insight and sensitivity and expertise to navigate it. May it be your will, God, who answers prayers, 
Hear our prayers and bless all those who struggle to have children. Remember them for good. And with your mercy, they shall have sons and daughters and grant them healthy, enduring children. They lift up their eyes to you, God. They pour out their hearts before you. Strengthen them and give them courage. Grant them abundant kindness. Heal them and help them find peace. As you remember Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Hannah, another of our great role models. And as you have heard the voices of righteous men and women when they prayed to you, so too, please listen to our cry to help these men and women of our community. Fulfill our wishes for good and accept our prayers with mercy. So may it be your will. Thank you very much, God. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.